0: Hello, this is Darrell Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 27th day of August 2021. And today I will be talking about the last week, the last week we just lived through. It was terrible, a terrible week for the Biden administration, but even more terrible for America. 13 dead Marines in Kabul, that last count, along with hundreds of civilians. That number is exactly 13 more. They died during the entire last year of the Trump administration. It was all unnecessary, of course. So, buyer's remorse, anyone? The Castle family is doing pretty well this week, considering the week we just went through. Nobody is sick, as far as we know, and the family daughter is out in L.A., avoiding the smoke as best she can, but I just hope and pray she's able to avoid the woke. Yes, it's been a terrible week for Joe Biden, And for America, 13 dead Marines, all good men, willing to risk their lives, to give their lives, when called upon to do so, but unfortunately, they were led by cowardly imbeciles. I'm not talking about their superior officers, folks. I'm referring to the leaders so-called who sit in the White House and who sit on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Those leaders are a lot more concerned about teaching critical race theory at the academies and making sure— transsexuals are in uniform, Then, in preparing an army to fight and win wars. Kabul is not the only thing that makes this week a terrible Biden week, 22 dead in Middle Tennessee flooding, not a word, except that climate change caused it. Millions of illegal migrants flooding across the southern border, inflation about to reach out of control status, the oil industry broken, perhaps permanently. So we have to again go begging to the Saudis, the administration apparently passing a kill list of names to our enemies. Finally, a president who appears to be in China's pocket. If that were all folks, it would be plenty. But the really bad news is that he is so demented and or imbecilic, he doesn't even care. Despite pressure from allies who follow the United States into this debacle, Biden will not extend the August 31st deadline because the Taliban won't allow it. They hold all the cards, U.S. planes, military and commercial, fly into and out of Kabul at the Taliban's pleasure. The Taliban have a great many portable surface-to-air missiles, including the devastating Stinger missiles captured from U.S. forces. In addition, Russia has been supplying them with the SA-7 anti-aircraft system for years. How many missiles do they have? How many do you need, folks? They probably have thousands. So August 31st, just four days from now, will not be enough time, especially since the Taliban will not allow unimpeded passage to the Kabul airport. How did things go so wrong so quickly? The answer lies... And Biden's stubborn, idiotic refusal to tolerate anything with Trump's name on it. Trump's plan called for the orderly evacuation of Americans and Afghans who helped American forces over a period of about 90 days that would be followed by the removal of much of the most dangerous American military equipment. And only then would American troops gradually leave. The Taliban agreed to cooperate because it was the only way to get the hated Americans out, get themselves in control of their country once again. Biden reversed Trump's plan and first extended the deadline to August 31st. Then he abandoned the Bagram Air Base, the largest base in the country, which left the remaining U.S. forces and Afghan military without air support. U.S. troops were gone overnight, and the country was left in the hands of the Afghan army which then turned over its weapons and joined the Taliban. What happened after that has been played out in the media for the last couple of weeks. We can all see it. It seems very likely then that thousands of U.S. citizens will be left there, be abandoned there. As a former military officer, I can tell you that the military can can survive its incompetence, its idiots, its fools, although... Admittedly, they're an awful lot of fools, but it has a very hard time with leadership which doesn't respect it, which doesn't care about it and its mission. When top civilian leadership disrespects the sacrifice of the military service and disrespects its history, that damages morale. It damages what should be called esprit de corps. Why would you expect people to willingly risk their lives, to give their lives for people who don't love and believe in the country they're fighting for. In fact, sometimes even hate their own country. Why would they willingly serve such people? But now it gets even worse for our soldiers. According to the New York Post, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, on Wednesday of this bad week, ordered all military members to begin Receiving the coronavirus vaccine following the FDA giving full approval to Pfizer's shot, Austin told commanders to, quote, impose ambitious timelines for implementation, end quote. As a COVID vaccine is added to the list of inoculations that the U.S. troops receive as part of their service, so they will be forced, against their will, many of them, to accept poison injected into their bodies with friendly leaders like that, who needs enemies? There are more than 1.3 million troops on active duty and about 800,000 in the Guard and Reserve. Apparently, about a million of them have already been vaccinated. The rapid approval by the FDA of the Pfizer vaccine made possible this mandatory order. It was not legally possible to order troops to take an experimental and unapproved drug, and so the vaccine had to immediately be approved to make it possible. The action also triggered Pfizer's total legal immunity shield. It is amazing what can be achieved in only two weeks when one really puts his back into it. The order was given by Lloyd Austin, currently the Secretary of Defense, Mr. Austin, a retired general, former head of U.S. Central Command, But right now, he is a civilian bureaucrat. So where is his authority to issue such orders? Maybe it's just a formality. Maybe I'm just being picky. But when the military wants to be a slave to protocol, it seems to find a way. During my military service, no one made a big deal out of vaccines. When I was headed overseas, I just walked down a row of four corpsmen on each side of me, and they each jabbed needles into my arms. They never even told me what they were for. When I was sent into a malaria-infested location, I took a vaccine. For that, we all did. We had no choice in the matter. We were just expected to follow orders, and we believed the orders were for our own good to keep us as healthy as possible. In this case, however, I don't believe that is the truth. I don't believe that is why the mandatory order was given at this time. What happens if members of the military refuse to accept the vaccine? They will lose their pensions, their tuition assistance, and access to the GI Bill, along with other military benefits, according to internal emails revealed by various media sources, according to commanding officers at the Marine barracks in Washington, D.C., the penalties would be in line with other acts of insubordination, including administrative separation and forfeiture of various retirement benefits. When I was given all those vaccines some 50 years ago, I didn't look forward to it, but I knew it was going. I was going into a dangerous area. I didn't want to risk some tropical disease like the troops suffered in World War II. I knew the vaccines were not experimental, but were tested and proven to convert immunity from the disease for which they were being given. I knew that nobody up there hated me. Nobody wanted me dead after all. We had plenty of enemy soldiers who wanted to kill us without our leaders trying to do it today. The Pfizer COVID vaccine is not given for that reason. And with those sentiments and assurances in mind, it is given as a political statement with the benefit of someone else in mind, someone who remains unknown and faceless to those who serve, someone who simply sees them as cattle and can't relate to their bravery, to their sacrifice at all, every mom and dad who send their young son or worse their daughter off to the next trillion-dollar boondoggle should understand what leadership actually believes about the members of the armed services according to the Vaccine Adverse Reaction Reporting Service surveyors. Most nations in the West have a reporting service. About 50,000 people have died as a result of the vaccines. Here in America, the last figure I have is about 4,200 dead, about the same number, suffered permanent disabilities. Those numbers are more than all the vaccines all the American people in history have taken combined. Normally, vaccines are pulled for reexamination after just a handful of injuries. Many American doctors including the most cited doctor, Dr. Peter McCullough, say the figure is much higher. Dr. McCullough's figure is 50,000 Americans. That's 50,000 Americans dead, not from the virus, but from the vaccine. The vaccine is different, though, because it is its own legal status. It is protected because we're assured it's safe and effective if it is so safe. Why does it hide? Why does it hide behind... A wall of legal immunity. If it is so effective, why does it not confer immunity? Why do people who are vaccinated still get the virus and still transmit it to others? How can you call such a drug effective without laughing so far? I've been talking about the effect of some of the mandate decisions on the military, but it has or soon will touch all of us. New York is basically closed to those who have not been vaccinated with indoor services. Completely denied to them unless you accept this experimental dangerous drug which you do not want. You cannot eat in a restaurant, attend a play or sporting event or other entertainment event in New York. I know of one person who had scheduled a gathering there but canceled it and forfeited his deposit. Other states and cities are going the same way. I'm sure the draconian intimidation will grow and grow Until we all submit, we all surrender our bodies to the all-powerful state. Each day, the state grows more and more powerful. It owns us. We grow more and more weak. The Constitution was written to empower individuals, not the state. The document to which elected officials take an oath to uphold is there as a written protection of the individual from the state. I quote the President of the United States now, quote, I'm calling on more companies in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who's been will it, waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you to do that now. Require it. It only takes makes sense to require a vaccine to stop the spread of COVID-19, end quote. Yes, Joe. Yes, We were all just waiting for your bogus FDA to give us its bogus, bought-and-paid-for approval. So now we're just happy little sacrificial lambs. We are happy to have you suck every ounce of joy out of the human race. Don't rest until there's no one left anywhere happy, Joe. Finally, folks, please, oh wise and all-powerful one, if I just do what I'm told one more time, can I have my liberty back, my birthright back, shots boosters mass double mass just make it all stop and i will be a good little sheep i will always believe you always follow your directions at least that's the way i see it folks till next time this is darrell castle thanks for listening